Good evening, TDN listeners. Good evening, Dominica. Good evening, Eastern Caribbean. This is This Week in Interview, and I am your host, Anthony Drago. It is Wednesday, Eastern Time. Uh, that means it's 8 p.m. Uh, in New York and in Dominica and the rest of the Eastern Caribbean. So tonight, we am welcoming you to another installment, another episode, another program of This Week in Interview. I'm going to be your host and your guide this evening. Uh, we do this every Wednesday night we have interesting conversations and tonight we have an exciting conversation for you as a matter of fact we we had a conversation last week with dr thompson fountain in his capacity as a member of the united workers party who is the opposition party in dominica and then throughout the week i got a lot of um questions from listeners via WhatsApp, via text, on the phone. Uh, a lot of listeners were, were asking, what is the United Workers Party proposing? What, I know we identify issues, we identify problems. What can be done to, what can be done to, to, to address the concerns, the economic concerns and, the, and various concerns that that were identified and so because of the of the volume of feedback that we got uh, i decided that we would invite dr fountain back on the show and not so much as a member of the opposition or united workers party although obviously he wears that hat but as a trained economist a, a former employee of the of the IMF. He's been to several countries where we're failing economies, we're struggling economies, and he has helped to put programs in place that would assist them in, in trying to kickstart, to jumpstart, to revitalize the economies. So we decided, I decided I would invite him back to, to talk about that uh, in that context uh, for, for Dominica and for the Caribbean, what recommendations, what steps we could take to what steps we could take to um to to jumpstart the economy and um he graciously agreed to come back also in the news uh, if you've been following news from Dominican from the Caribbean you may have noticed a troubling trend uh, there seemed to be an increased incidence of sexual violence a number of the cases, a high percentage of the cases coming from the coming in front of the court, the high courts, have to do with um, sexual violence, sex against women, and sexual violence against children. Very troubling trend. And so, uh, we're also going to have as our guest Miss Monette Williams, who is the the shadow minister of social affairs, and we are going to explore that uh, trend a little bit deeper uh, and to see what what recommendations we can make and, and what the issues really are so let me say i'm happy as usual that you took the time to be with us this wednesday night if you are a regular listener welcome back we appreciate you coming back we appreciate your feedback if this is your first time welcome aboard and then hopefully at the end of the hour we will have you will have found us uh, 
you will have fungus um, sufficiently stimulating uh, uh, that you will make us part of your Wednesday Wednesday night, or your weekly regime will include a Wednesday night with us. So let me take a quick break because, as usual, I would like to start the show with uh, the the Caricom anthem. Um, because I, I, I strongly believe, we believe at this weekend interview that the Caribbean can, can achieve humongous accomplishments if we were one country. And so we strongly advocate one country um, for CARICOM. So there's the CARICOM anthem. Distant lands, our forefathers came. Some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Through battles waged and fought, through victory and pain. By test of their courage, our freedom was gained. In homage to those gone before us. The heroes of lands in the sun We vow to join hands and to focus On building one Caribbean Raise your voices high Sing of your Caribbean pride Sing it loud and strong Feel your hearts beat as one Welcome back. Uh, always that song always um, energizes me and um, really gets me in the spirit to say that there's hope. You know, as long as there is the opportunity that Caribbean governments are going to be working together, uh, there is going to be hope that we can one day be one country, approach our 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 fears as one country, and therefore we can pull our resources and be so much more effective and efficient. But welcome back. Um, uh, we, I'm happy that you stayed with me through the break. And uh, we, as I said tonight, we're going to be discussing economic restructuring. We're going to be also discussing um, sexual violence. And, and maybe there is a linkage between uh, the economic conditions, the economic situations in Dominica and the increased um, prevalence of sexual violence, especially sexual violence against minors. And tonight we're going to be joined by economist Dr. Thompson Fountain as well as Ms. Monel Williams. Monel is, the, is a member of the opposition. Actually, they're both members of the opposition. Uh, Monel is the shadow minister uh, for for the minister of social affairs in Dominica, and so I thought uh, we would invite her on. She should be familiar with this as one of the most the social issues of the day, and have uh, recommendations as to how we can do it differently to see if we can if we can bend that trend in the other direction and and take the incidence of sexual violence 
lower. I, in browsing today, in preparation for the show, I went on, on Dominican News Online, and immediately I was hit with two stories of sexual violence. There was one where it said that um, this, this man was, was found guilty and he's awaiting sentencing. And then, interestingly, there was another story that said that this there was a sentencing of, of this uh, man, 36-year-old man, who received a total of eight years in jail uh, after he pleaded guilty for having sex with three minors, age six, seven, and eight. And um, in reading the story, the, the judge, Judge Errol Thomas, expressed disgust at the behavior and he went on a rant and he said that the minors, are, are con he considered them to be children of the court and, and any, any infraction against them would be taken very seriously. And then he turns around and he sentences this gentleman, well, I shouldn't say a gentleman, this man, obviously he's not gentle, he sentences him to eight years. Apparently, um, except the story says two, two four-year term consecutively, so, so eight years in total. The, the, law, the law provides for a maximum sentencing of 25 years for an offense, a sexual offense against a minor. And the judge apparently considers four years four out of a possible 25 years as a harsh punishment. Because you would think that after he went on this tirade against this criminal, that he was going to give him a harsh sentence. So the question that we have is, are we really addressing the, the problem of sexual violence properly or adequately? I mean, when, when a judge, when a man pleads guilty to having sex with a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an eight-year-old, and the judge <laughs> sentences him to f two terms of four years, eight years total, uh, that, is, that, is, that in itself is troubling. Also, the other, the other, the other um, criminal that was found guilty, um, the report says that he's a convicted murderer and rapist. And he was living in this yard, I guess. Um, if you're from the Caribbean, you understand the concept of living in the yard. He was living in the same yard with this child. And he had sex with the child. And now, if he is a convicted murderer and a rapist, it begs the question, what is he doing living in the yard among other people, especially when there are children around? So, so I think we have some serious questions to, to ask. About, about the, the incidents of sexual violence that, that we're seeing in, in the country and the response that we're getting from the, from the judiciary. Um, I, I, is the sentencing harsh enough? Is, uh, and then if you consider this other guy, this other man was a convicted rapist, which means most likely he would have already served some jail time, and then he's out. Is our is our penal system addressing rehabilitation of criminals as well, and 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 there seem to be 
a certain irrationality. It's like you, 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 one would have a hard time trying to rationalize sentencing because you you see people getting sentenced very harshly for for minor theft, and then you have some serious crimes like sexual violence against minors, sexual violence against women in general, and you get these really lenient, in my opinion, slap on the wrist. Four years, four years for having sex with a six-year-old is a slap on the wrist. And then you find out that this other guy is a convicted murderer and a rapist, and he's back out. Uh, so, so really, there, there, there seem to be a very, very strong need for, for reform, a very strong need for reform of, of the system, as well as to look at what form of, of punishment, what form of reform. The, the other half of the show tonight, uh, we're hoping to, to talk about economic restructuring. Um, last week, we, 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 we had a very dire picture being painted by a member of the opposition in, in terms of the the economy, in in terms of um, the prospects for employment, so the question is, what can we do to get ourselves out of these economic doldrums? The most of the, the average growth in the Caribbean is one percent, one and a half percent per annum. Um, we seem to be suffering from a, a bankruptcy of ideas. A very, very serious bankruptcy of ideas. I mean, the, the most we hear people talk about is, is some tourism. Um, we don't see the revitalization. We don't see a revitalization of agriculture. Um, just, some of the islands just build a port and, and expect um, cruise ships to show. We don't see an attempt at at manufacturing. We don't see an attempt of of using agricultural produce and and adding value to them. So, what we what we really want to see is what what are the ideas who, that Dominica and the governments of the of the other islands can can implement what ideas can they implement to to jumpstart the economy to get the economies going to get young people to work because uh, the other, I mean we're talking about sexual violence. But um, is the violence, is the criminality linked to the economic situation where children become more vulnerable to predators and where crime becomes a little more attractive? So tonight we're going to, I invited back Dr. Uh, Thompson Fountain to come back, not so much as a member of the opposition United Workers Party, but in his capacity as a trained economist, a very experienced trained economist who worked for years with the IMF and, and would have seen 
conditions similar and worse and, and help with designing solutions. So let me welcome Dr. Thompson Fountain to this weekend interview, back to this weekend interview. And tonight we, we want you to wear your, your economist hat on top of your, your, your hat as, as a parliamentarian. I know, of course, there'll be linkages because part of your, info, your, your information intelli is due to the fact that you're intimately involved as a member of parliament. Um, so, Dr. Fountain, welcome back to this weekend interview. Yes, um, uh, Anthony, it was great to be back, of course, um, tonight on this weekend interview. And, of course, you're joined as well by, by Senator Monet Williams from St. Joseph, Dominica. Senator Williams, Monel Williams, good evening and welcome to this weekend interview. I hope this is, this is the first time, but certainly it will not be the last time. Let me give you a warm welcome on behalf of the entire um, audience of this weekend interview. Hello, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay, so, so we probably have a drop line. So she will be joining us. So while we while we wait for her to to reconnect, um, Dr. Fountain, let's let's jump into the economic um, restructuring part of the of the show. And I was laying out the the conditions um, that we spoke about last year of very high unemployment, not much economic activity in um, agriculture seemed to be suffering. Uh, very anemic um, tourism sector, and and not much activity, not much going on that would seem to be able to earn foreign exchange um, for the country. And we wanted you to weigh in as an economist as to how, what are the elements, if you were to try to restructure the economy, what, what are the elements um, that we would have to pay attention to? Okay, um, Tony, thank you very much. I think we are joined at this time by, by Moral. I think she's with us. Senator Williams, are you with us? She seemed not to hear. Okay, I'm not sure if she's not able to hear us. Because I know she, um, the reason why I'm doing this, because I know she had a time limitation. Right. Only be on for the first part of the program. For the first part of the program, I know. Um, yes. And, and, and just to explain to listeners what's happening is because um, Senator Williams is in Dominica uh, and um, Dr. Thompson is in Maryland. She, she's. We're getting a, a conference call with um, Dr. Fountain to, to conference her into, into the studio. Um, so when she when she comes on, we will we will jump to her and and her segment of the show. But let's start with the economic side, um, since we're having trouble um, connecting with her. Yes, okay, certainly. Um, with regards to the economy, I think what I what I did last week was to was to paint the picture of um, where we are in the economy in terms of um, in terms of of where things stand. And um, like I said, it's a, it's a very bleak picture because uh, economic growth is almost almost zero. For the past 10 years, we're averaging about 1% of GDP. And for an economy the size of Dominica, you need to be growing at about 5 to 7% to generate employment, to generate wealth, and to reduce poverty. So because we've operated at such a low level for so long, 
it has become almost impossible um, to recognize uh, employment growth and also to make any dent in the poverty level. So what we have in Dominica is escalating poverty and rising unemployment to the point where I believe that um, the unemployment among the youth is well into the 80% range. Um, very little jobs are being created. Old jobs uh, are shrinking. So, for example, traditionally where you had job creation say within the, the communication sector, cable and wireless, for example, cable and wireless has moved from a staff of over 500 just about five years ago to less than 50. Um, so we've lost jobs in that area. It surely has been some uptick in terms of digital, but the numbers are small. Digital employs about 30 people. So it has not been able to overcome if you like, um, the massive reduction we had in that area where a lot, number of young people would find employment within the private sector. So the private sector has not been growing. The government sector uh, is kind of limited in terms of how many new people can be added on, so much so that the, the, the level has not risen very much. Since in the 80s, when I worked in Dominica in the early 90s, uh, the government side was about 4,000. We're still around that same level today. So... And if you add the situation where the uh, farmers are just completely wiped out, uh, that was a very economically viable part of the population. They're now completely wiped out. Then you see the issues that we're having. So, so these are the problems that, that we have. Um, they're certainly irretractable. And I hope I've kind of painted the picture. It's a very bleak one, Tony, but that is basically what it is now. So, so as an economist, let us just talk in general terms. Let's get technical. As an economist, what are, what are the essential parts of an, of an economy? Um, and, of course, we're talking in the context of the Caribbean, which you're very familiar with. In the context of the Caribbean, what, type, what's, what sectors, what, what components are, would uh, an economy in the Caribbean um, have to comprise of to make it be that engine of growth and wealth and employment that we talk about? Well, for an economy like, like Dominica, you need to basically harness all of your resources and you need to be able to be producing at a rate where you have new production. As I said, you can, you can increase the labor force. So in the specific context of Dominica, you're talking about the ability to revamp the agriculture sector since um, for many, many years, Dominica was very dependent upon agriculture because there were issues, structural limitations with regards to the expansion in tourism. So just to give you an example, in tourism, Dominica has about 750 room, hotel rooms. Our closest neighbor there, um, San Lucia, has well over 2,000 rooms, 2,300 rooms. So in terms of our ability to compete within the tourism sector, that is very limited. The major constraint, of course, being the unavailability of direct flights into Dominica or not, or, or not a sufficiently good harbor for the tourists coming into Dominica. So because of that limit, limitation, you find that tourism has not been able to grow to the extent where it can employ a lot of people. So that leaves you with agriculture. So specifically for Dominica, if this country has to grow, we have to see a tremendous focus on agriculture and uh, where you can employ a large number of people that will work the fields, but importantly, uh, smart agriculture where you can have uh, manufacturing, where you can add value 
to your herbs, uh, value to your coffee, to your cocoa, to your juice, um, to your fresh fruits and so on. That is where the focus has to be. And once that is taken care of, you can then begin to focus on other areas, the service sector areas, and the services, of course, I would, I would rank tourism right there as another area, develop a kind of boutique-type tourism that appeals to the high end of the tourism market, where it's not so much dependent upon numbers, but the people who come in, the people who are able to spend and, and build up the economy. So I would say, firstly, agriculture. Uh, secondly, the services sector, but in particular, the tourism sector. So, okay, so it, in terms of agriculture, what um, do you see from where you sit? What are the constraints that we would have to grapple with? Why um, we seem to be going through uh, the demise of the agricultural sector, the way that we are experiencing at the moment? Well, the problem has been, actually, I just quite frankly, um, the Labour Party government has been in power for the past 15, 15 years, 16 years now, and there has been a consistent decline in the agriculture sector. Because I think very early on in the life of this Labour Party government, it decided that agriculture was not the way to go. In fact, you heard the Minister of Agriculture, no less the former agriculture minister, Matthew Walters, talking about agriculture being a has-been industry. And you have the Minister of Tourism in the first term when he was appointed by Mr. Skerritt, Yvonne Asif, basically saying the same thing, that they, this Labour Party government was interested in focusing on tourism to the exclusion of agriculture. So that's where the problem began, because they, they kind of lost the focus on agriculture put all the eggs in the tourism basket, trying to bring in um, cruise ship passengers and so on. That did not quite work out because you had a large number of tourist arrivals without the corresponding inflows into the country. And at the same time, we had issues of uh, diseases within the agriculture sector. We had the greening disease, for example, where a lot of the citrus fruits were destroyed because of that. And then later on, you, you had the black cigar which attacked the banana and plantain plants. And the failure of government to address this in a timely manner brought us to where we are. So we moved, for example, from exporting $100 million in bananas in the early 1990s, early 2000, to zero currently. So we had a major, a major hit in the agriculture sector, in particular or bananas, but also the other fruits, like the other um, non-banana crops were also affected through disease and through neglect. So we have a situation in Dominica now where 90% of fields are abandoned. Farmers have gone to do other things. A lot of them have taken up work as security officers. Uh, we have a number of security workers from up in Dominica. And um, that's basically what's, what's obtained. And, and, of course, migration. A number of our farmers have migrated. So the banana sector has been affected terribly. But I think we have a situation of just gross neglect on the part of government and the fact that we were attacked by so many different diseases and the inability to address those in a type of fashion brought us to where we are today. Okay, so 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 basically what I'm hearing is that um, from a, a strategic point of view, strategic point of view from, you know, there was a plan of action. You're thinking that the government made a conscious decision that agriculture would no longer be 
the engine, the economic engine of Dominica would no longer be the engine that drives the economy. Um, maybe that decision was driven by the loss of the market for bananas. Um, so from an economist's point of view, um, I, what I'm hearing is that the economy needs a main driver. And, and if it's not agriculture, then there needs to be something else to replace that void as the main driver of the economy. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Well, but what the argument that I'm making, given the, given the nature of Dominica, given the physical construct of the country, the emphasis must be on agriculture, because that is the one where you will be able to more quickly address the situation that you're having. So, for example, I know, I know the government, they're very keen right now. The tourism did not work. They're going to the other service sector, which is the offshore banking sector. But that is very subjective, and it does not create the widespread level of jobs that you would require. I mean, you can only employ most of these, most of these um, offshore operations. They operate in the virtual world. So they may employ an assi- uh, somebody to manage the office and probably an assistant, and that's it. So you will find a very limited employment with regards to the services sector. So the question is, what do you have if you look around? Your offshore um, banking sector is not going to work necessarily because it has worked in a country like the Cayman Islands. But bear in mind, the Cayman Islands offshore banking sector is augmented by a very strong tourism sector. It is not on its own. So we are trying to emulate the Cayman Island model. Yes, the offshore banking sector brings in a lot of, of money into, into the country. But in terms of job creation, that is where the tourism sector steps in. So with regards to Dominica, if you are to pursue uh, uh, something in with, with regards to, um, to this particular offshore banking sector, then you have some limitations already with regards to the number of people that can be employed. So that's why you say that the focus has to be on agriculture. And also, also the, <laughs> the, the offshore banking industry, which was strong, I think, in the 90s, is so, is so strongly influenced by laws passed by other governments. Um, that you may not want to base your economy on that. Um, for example, when the U.S. decided to blacklist a number of the islands, it caused the demise of their banking sector. So, it's, so it may not be a viable, um, a viable main industry in the economy because you, you're subject to the whims and fancies of, of the larger powers. So, but in agriculture, uh-huh. go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, no, I was agreeing with you. I was agreeing with you. The fact that um, you have all of those restrictions at the place, you have um, openness now. You have a lot of openness, even where you have a lot of secrecy previously with regards to Switzerland and so on. You have a lot of that has been have been tried and tested with the U.S. government going after. And Dominica is peculiar because any, any transaction having to do with Dominica has to go for the U.S. banking system. So we are going to have a major, major hurdle to overcome that. Is that a new thing, or has it always been that way? It has always been that way. It has always been that way. And so I'm saying that to make the point that this new emphasis, as it were, on the offshore banking sector is not going to work. The, the, well, the, the other part of it, the other, the other aspect and the other point that um, Prime Minister Scurry has been talking about, that he hopes to bring prosperity to Dominica is through the sale of Dominican passports. That itself has another, another problem, because... <laughs> Uh, you 
you have no control over what other governments are going to do. So if, for example, I mean, people would want the Dominica passport because it gives them access, say, to the UK. It may give them access to, to um, the European Union very shortly. But that could go in a happy. One day we could get up and find out that we have to get visas to go into the UK or visas to enter the United um as we found out with regards to Canada. And then all of a sudden people no longer want your passport. It is no longer desirable. So that itself is not very it's not a very good idea. That's why I go back to the argument of agriculture. It has to be a way with agriculture. Because with agriculture, especially if we do it the way I'm thinking, what I call smart agriculture where you add value to your product. I'm not talking about taking our raw produce and sending overseas. There is some room for that because there's great demand for our yams and dashes and so on in, in uh, Antigua, in Guadalupe, in Martinique. We can do that, but we need to add value to our products. So I'm talking about adding value to our coffee by processing our coffee, making chocolates in Dominica quality, high-value chocolate in Dominica, or essential oils, making a, a very strong perfume industry with the many, many essential oils that we have in Dominica. I'm talking about bottling our different juices and so on. All of that we can do and we should do. Now, if you do that, these are things that can be done in a, in a relatively short space of time, which will generate a lot of additional services because all of a sudden you're going to have an, an improvement in your shipping services, or the insurance services are going to benefit from it, the banking sector is going to benefit. So that has a major spin-off if we can put the emphasis on it. So that's one of the things that we, we have been advocating for very, very strongly, and I still am still very much convinced with all the evidence that I've seen in other countries that that is the way for Dominica. That is our future. That's how we need to chart our future. So, so, you, so you think that agriculture still remains the most viable engine of, of our economy? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So it, it, it is um, 8.37. This week is an interview. I am. Let's take a quick break because um, so, I'm going to give you the opportunity to try to, to reconnect with um, Senator um, Williams. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, hopefully we'll be able to have um, Senator Williams, and we will talk about crime because I think the high incidence of crime is closely linked to economic fortunes. And so um, I'm going to give you a chance to, to try to reconnect with her and take a quick break, and we'll be back in, in, in about a minute. All right. Excellent. All right, listeners. So, so far, so far, we've had, so far, we've had quite a bit for, for um, food for thought. Uh, we've, as I said tonight, I wanted to focus a lot on, on practical um, economic steps that we can take to, to revamp the economy. And, and of course, what we're getting from the economists is that basically, as, a, as a, we need to identify a, a central um, industry that we can build our economy on, while at the same time identifying other industries that can augment. So, so not, we don't necessarily want to return to uh, a scenario where um, we are just a one-crop economy. Uh, and so we will be called, for example, a banana republic. Um, but what we would want is to 
is to have an economy, obviously, that is based on agriculture because we have that experience. We have land, we have rain, we have water, we have we have that um, we have that that advantage. But at the same time, you know, there are other sectors we we need to probably properly manage the, the tourism sector. So so I, I, we see where that's going. But what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to take a, play a quick song. And um, and when we come back, hopefully we'll have Senator Monel Williams with us, and we can address the second topic that we want to address, which is the troubling trend of very high, very, very high incidence of sexual violence, and in particular, um, sexual violence against against children. So, so hang in there. Let's take a quick break, and um, we'll be right back. Be 
It is what it is. What if the Labour Party had lost the election? Um, we have with us uh, Dr. Thompson Fontaine, um, economist and former employee of the International Monetary Fund. And, um, you know, we have been laying out for us the the steps that an economy like Dominica could take to pull itself out of the economic doldrums. I'm getting a lot of feedback from from listeners. And listeners, if you if you want to call in, let me give you a number that you can call in. If you want to call in to participate in the discussion, the number that you can call in on is an area code two zero two five two five seven two three one two zero two five two five 
Okay, I'll tell I'll tell you what the, I I don't think we'll be able to solve the that issue tonight. So yeah. what what we'll do we'll, we'll reconnect um next week. Definitely, because I mean yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, sexual violence. We can do an entire show on that. So my apologies to Senator Williams. We thank you for the efforts, and we will we will um solve the problem and, and have you back with us um in the near future. Okay. Yes, um, Tony, sorry about that. We tried that, but it's for some reason there are some issues right. making a link to Dominica. So, but anyway, so, so it's great. So, let's we can continue <laughs> with the discussion. Definitely. Um, we, we, we can continue with, with the discussion. I was coming back from the break, I was getting uh, during the during the, the um. And even during the week, I was getting a lot of feedback from people saying, well, what, what are they doing? What is, what is the opposition doing? Instead of just pointing out what is wrong, what are they doing? And I just, I just, I mean, not that I'm making excuses for the opposition because I, I don't think anybody is totally powerless. But I was saying that one of the main things that the opposition can do is to point out areas and suggest alternatives, but the opposition is really not in a position to implement big policy activities in the economy. It's the government that decides where the focus of the economy should be. Yes, that is true to a limited extent. Um, we, what we are finding, Tony, is that things are so dire in Dominica that we cannot simply, we cannot simply remain and do nothing as an opposition. So what we are trying to do is the same areas that we've spoken about in terms of generating activity. Our main focus now is to try to see how we can work with the private sector, how we can work on some of, of those keys of those key areas. So with regards to revamping agriculture, we are, we have already started discussions in terms of getting fresh Dominican produce into the Matnik market. We have already started some discussion as to how farmers, how we can get, uh, allow farmers access to more of the inputs that they require, because you would appreciate that a, a critical element of farming is the ability to access inputs at, at a reasonably cheap price. We're talking about your weedicides, your, your seedlings, your fertilizers, basic inputs that are required. So we've started that discussion because we understand that in order for agriculture to go places, we need that and we need that to be in place. So that's one way where we can impact up, upon this. We can also make approaches as we have already started doing to people within the private sector who can in fact come and set up shop in Dominica. So we can do the things that we can do outside of government by simply using our resources, by using our, our links that we know, we can in fact do that. And a key part of our strategy as well is to introduce into Dominica an investment club where that club will basically be asking individuals to contribute on a monthly basis an amount of between $100 to $250. Easy dollars on a monthly basis. That money will then go into a common pool, and then there'll be a committee set up 
an investment committee set up that will then look at areas where this monies can then be invested into. And the major focus will be areas where we can generate employment. So we'll be looking for projects that we can fund with this money. That is something we believe that we can do. For example, if we're able to attract 200 people at an average of $200 a month, you're talking about $40,000 monthly within the space of one year, that's half a million dollars. And we can easily see how that can grow, you know, in terms of the numbers. So if we, if we move to 500 people, imagine 500 persons giving an average of $200 a month, talking about $100,000 monthly, okay? In, a, in one year, you have a million dollars. So we believe that this can go a long way into helping or invested in businesses, in small businesses, for example, because that investment crop could invest in a, a small restaurant, for example, that would employ 10, 12 people. It could invest in, in a hotel establishment. There are different things that can be done with that kind of money. So these are the ways we believe that although, yes, we are outside of government, we don't have access to monies we would normally have access to with regards to um, uh, tax revenues and grant monies, but we can, we can help ourselves. And in addition to that, we will be going after grants as uh, because we, we are setting up currently a, a non-profit organization within the United Workers Party that can then go on to access grants that we can then use to finance all those projects that we're interested in, in doing. So are you, are, are you going to set up a, a, a private corporation, a, a private corporation that can, that can identify and attract investors you can sell? So when you pay $100 a month for your $200, you're actually buying shares in that corporation? Is that the Yes, factor? yes. There are, two, there are two facets to it. We have, on the one side, we have the, four, that's a for-profit thing. So in other words, people who invest in that investment club, there's an expectation of return. Right. So it will be run as a purely business enterprise. You'll, you'll invest in projects that are beneficial, projects that can bring a return to the investors. That's one for-profit side. The other side we're looking at is the non-profit part of this, where we'll have a non-profit setup that can then go after grants that can then be used to fund those different projects. So we're not simply sitting back because we understand how dire this, the situation is. We've identified where the problems are, and we are actively pursuing avenues to alleviate the suffering and the pain that is now going on in Dominica. So how like far, how far is, along... Yeah. How far along are those plans? Is the co has the corporation been incorporated? Have you identified initial projects that you would that would evaluate? That sort of thing. How far along are you with that pro with that process? Yes, with regards to the investment for profit day the investment club, it will be launched by the end of next week. We're looking to launch it the first week in May. It it will be launched, so we'll be making the appeal then. But what so, does that um, involve? It means that you've already incorporated a company. Yes, yes. It's okay. called, um, Domi uh, sorry, Nature Isle Investments. Nature Isle Investments. Nature Isle Investments, okay. Um, that's been incorporated in Dominica, the for-profit entity. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll be going after individuals. We have had already a lot of interest, people just talking about it. Tremendous interest because there are people who are anxious like us to do something for the country mm -hmm. because we understand that is, the help is not going to come from government. Quite clearly, the government, the hands are tied. They seem unable 
to tackle the issues because after all they've been there 15 years and the economy has been going down progressively every year so i don't expect any miracles from them now they've run out of ideas um quite frankly and i mean to the extent where we started talking about going to martinique and suddenly the minister of, of agriculture and the minister of trade they were in martinique last week talking to, to supermarkets Macula's a government that has been in office for 15, 16 years. They never saw it fit to go to Martinique. But because we raised the issue, we talked about it on our program in Dominica. Within a week of us talking about it, the government was in Martinique talking to supermarkets. So that, that tells you that this is a government that is that has clearly run out of ideas that that that, that don't know where, where to turn. And we believe that we can provide some direction for them in that regard now, if you're launching this this um if you're launching this this initiative within a week that means you've already identified initial projects or you're asking investors to invest on in fifth while you develop the projects um, yeah oh yes 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 no decisions have been taken that is something as an investment club all of the membership will have to weigh weigh in on in terms of where the money is going there will not be one person making those decisions it will be done collectively everybody invested in that investment club will have a say and we'll have veto will not veto power but we'll have it will have to be done from majority vote basis so, so um, is, the, is so, the company going to be in a cooperative form or a limited liability company what i mean for example like the credit the credit union movement is an example of a, of a cooperative, cooperative yeah. very very successfully implemented in the in the caribbean maybe and especially in dominica um uh, is it is it in that format like a like you a cooperative or? yes it's very much like that You're because it's a club which gives you know Although the liability of every of all investors will be limited to whatever they, they invest in that business, um, so yeah, so you can think of it in in that sense, almost like a cooperative where decisions are taken with the, with an important difference. Though the credit union, the the average um, person saving their money in credit in the credit union do not have a say into where the credit union invests, and so on. That's not the case there. Every individual as that's, part of the club will have a say. Entirely true, but I understand what you're saying. But I don't. I don't think it could. It could work otherwise. I don't think that um, because, in other words, you're going to have to have a board. You're going to have to have a management, um, a management staff that's going to do the day-to-day -day runnings and, and you have AGMs, I imagine, where you set general policy. Right, well, well it, it'll be more than AGMs. The idea of a club is that you have monthly meetings, um, you'll have monthly monthly meetings, and um, so there'll be an active participation, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for basically active members, people who are concerned about where their monies are going and, and who would want to, see, to make sure that whatever decision is taken that they're they are part of it so and also because of size we are talking about i mean i'm thinking we should be able to get up in the region of four five hundred persons so that itself is very manageable with regards to setting up facilities for people to meet and that kind of thing i am thinking that it could grow into the thousands quite frankly because we're talking about asking people to invest let's say a hundred us dollars a month um with thousands of dominicans living in the us i would think that you could attract at least one thousand and and therefore, my my initial um, why while I admire the 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 intention to be totally democratic, 
I, I, I see the model of, of AGMs or, bi or, or biannual meetings where, where uh, you know, regular reports and people can't be able to track the progress of the investments. I, I, I think it will morph into, into a board of directors and management. But, but anyway, I get the concept uh, of what is being presented. I'm sure the details, the finer details will be worked out. Um, but we, we're extremely, extremely curious. And um, I hate to make it look like you're monopolizing time on this week in interview, but if this thing is really launched next week, we would like you or whoever <laughs> has the information on it to come back. And, yes, um, yes. Well, and I can tell you that. Yes, I can tell you we have a, a steering committee in place um, comprising um, uh, Severin McKenzie of the Dominican Manufacturers Association, um, Joseph Isaac, who is the MP for Roseau, Unica Anthony, who is the, the attorney, myself, and Louis Robinson, a former banker, uh, one of the leading bankers in Dominica. So these are the, the steering committee that has been set up to kind of shepherd the beginning of it. And um, so you'll be hearing from these individuals over the next you know, next week. So anyone of or some of us can make ourselves available to um, talk further about it. You said Joseph Isaac, Severin McKenzie, Louis Robinson, who was the other person? Unica Anthony. Unica. And you said she's an attorney. Yes, yes, she's an attorney. Okay. Yeah, because obviously there are, there are legal issues. Um, we have to look at, you know, to safeguard people's investments. Or what, for example, what um, resort they have if they want to pull out of the investment club, how they can go about it, what resort they have, what the expectations are. So all of those legal things needs to be worked out, and it's being worked out. In uh, there will be in time for presentation to prospective members starting next week. No, certainly. Um, and as I said, if, if, if it is ready and it is in a form where it can be presented to, to listeners, um, certainly I would clear next week's um, a calendar to, to have you back to discuss, or you or, or, or a few members um, to discuss that, um, that venture, and which, which I think is is novel, is simple, it makes sense, but it's, but it, but it's also um, something that has to be done properly the first time. It's one of those things where um, if we get persons to, if you get persons to identify and jump in on faith, that um, you succeed the first time so that you can grow from that. Um, and, 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 and we will deal with all of those issues. I mean, there are several issues that pop um, in my head, um, what happens to the to, to the to the institution if when you if United Workers Party were to become the government in the next term? You know all of those things that we can yes, discuss no, at that time. no, and these are all legitimate questions. Yeah. That is why it is in a way it is the reason I am excited about it because it allows the average person to do something about their situation. I mean, it is one thing we can put our hands on the on our head and say, we want the sapoufet, all right? That's one way to deliver your problems. Another way is to be proactive. See what you can do for yourself, how you can help yourself. And I think what this does, it offers the average individual an opportunity to help themselves, to do something about the current situation in Dominica, even if they don't have a lot of money or they don't have a lot of wealth. 
they can in fact do something because by collecting your minor efforts that can grow into something and mushroom into something much bigger and of course it will be independent of the party um in the sense that with regards to the setup of the board the composition of the board the people running it it is independent of the party so it does not depend upon the fortunes of the party for its for it to continue because whatever decisions are made it will be made in the best interest of the membership of that club so in a way they always an idea coming from the party it will not be run as if it were a party, a part of the parties. If you, if you, if you know what I'm trying to right. say, but they are set up independent, of, independent of the party. Right. Absolutely independent of, of the party. But bear in mind, we're the ones giving it momentum and giving it thought because we believe that's one way to begin to reverse some of the situations that we're seeing in Dominica. All right. So we look forward to that. Um, um, but uh, let me let me just say that. Um, we look forward to something that is fully cooked in the sense that if it's going to be launched, launched as a, a properly instituted organization with bylaws and, and all of this, all of this stuff. I, I, mean, I mean, with your experience, I'm sure you, you know exactly what, what we mean by that, where, um, when we introduce the idea to, to, to persons, they can actually go to your website or go somewhere to get a prospectus, and in that prospectus, they can see um, all of all of the all of the regular things that's expected, and and therefore um, be able to to you know to say, oh yes, this is something that I can invest a hundred dollars um, a month in. And um, I know there are a lot of Dominicans who have been looking for a way to contribute. I have not been provided with with the means or vehicle by which they can contribute, and and these songs like, if 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 it is executed properly, um, it could provide just that vehicle. So you may have tapped into, into a very um, specific energy and opportunity, um, that uh, that uh, that, and if it su succeeds, that's a model that the other countries can follow. So so let me just congratulate you on 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 making. Making my words, you know, sh showing that it's not because I'm saying as the opposition is limited what you can do, but of course there's always the power of the mind um, that can think outside of the box. So absolutely, um, the ballot box in this case, um, and and come up with ideas that 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 way you can lead. So congratulations on that. So um, as we as we look to 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 wrapping up the discussion, we should come back to the. To the restructuring of the of the economy, um, it, it, I am seeing that a strong recommendation from from you as an economist is is to look back at agriculture as the engine that drives the economy, and not just trying to sell products in their primary format, but to add value by manufacturing. And, and I and and I think we had a, a good example of that. We've done the coconut products where we could... Absolutely. Use... You, you can imagine the number of jobs that DCP generated over the years. Definitely. definitely. Imagine the wealth it brought to the village of Maho over and the years. All of Dominica. Just over. one establishment. Definitely. And all Dominica. All over Dominica, yeah. yeah. The, um, the, the farmers who sold their coconuts into it, you know, into it they all, they all, got, they all made, made money from it. Yeah. You know, so that's the kind of model that I believe can be repeated in several different areas. I mean, essential oils is a major area you know um 
I have talked about it, you know, in terms of what the type of essential oils we all have in abundance in, in Dominica. Vectiva is used in 70% of every single perfume, um, perfume yeah. that's that's made in the world. We can grow Vectiva, patchouli. Not, not we can grow Vectiva, not to take away from your point. We've grown Vectiva, and um, every time there is a, there's a, rain, a major rain event in Dominica, um, persons take pictures of, of the size of the rivers. But every time I see it, it pains me because what I see is our topsoil being washed to the sea. And um, I remember a time where Vectivin was used for soil retention and soil conservation. Right, right, right. Um, so, so those are, are things that we've done and we've learned from. But then, but then we lost that, and so we lose a lot of our topsoil. And, our, and then because we lose our topsoil, we lose our rivers. So there's a whole series of, of spir upward spiraling um, activities that can, that, can, that can spin off from that. Um, so, yeah, you were talking about patchouli as another essential oil. Yes, and of course, bay oil, bay oil you know, no, from the bay mm -hmm. So we have we have the major, the, all of the major um, essential oils used in essential oils industry we have in Dominica. But that's, that's an industry waiting to bear fruit for us. Mm -hmm. And of course, if if we talk about you know coffee as a separate process, cocoa separate, we talk about um, citrus. I mean, the canning, we buy, we import imported juices into Dominica. Mm -hmm. We import fruit from Trinidad, mm -hmm. you know, and year-round, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on the importation of juices into Dominica, and we have juices going to waste. Mm -hmm. Our mangoes, you know, we can have this dried, the same, the same um, juicing factories can be used to dry our mangoes, for example, Papaya. These are things that are sold here in, in the U.S. and elsewhere. So there, I mean, the scope of this thing is is huge. You know, you can make you can make chips from your dashi and your plantain. And I was I was eating some um thing there is some how we call this some cereal, and they have little pieces of 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 um of apple, cut up, sliced and diced very thin and placed in that. I'm thinking, but well, we can have the same thing. You can have a a cereal where you have right, some of the dried fruit in there. Yes, definitely. that forms part of the cereal. So there is so much that can be done, so much value to be added. And that is something that once you invest in it, it will sell. Our water industry is another area, example, for another area that we can make money from. So these are things that we just we need a certain level of investment, and our investment club will, will provide some of that. We are seeking some grant funding, some other avenues of grants that can help us to do that. But the, the, the focus for us in opposition is to see how we can give birth to a few of those industries in the next five years. No, certainly. And um, so we talk about agriculture, you talk about manufacturing linked to agriculture, and, and therefore that would release the, the pressure on tourism so you can really focus on a good tourism product. A good tourism product, absolutely. Where, absolutely. as an economist, do you see uh, an international airport? Because we had the argument well, that it would be a drain on the economy on one hand, and on the other hand, we say we cannot develop without one. Yeah, no, I think everything else, you do a cost-benefit analysis. I honestly don't believe that Dominica can make it big in the tourism 
industry without a good solid international airport you need that um you can that is something that you can you can do in degrees you can build i mean said Vincent just showed us said Vincent just showed us how it can be done why somebody are talking and say it can't be done said Vincent went ahead a few years ago and this is nearing completion right which leaves dominica as the sole the only country in the caribbean without an international airport that is not something to be proud of <laughs> I mean, if it were true that other countries can survive on being hubs, why did other countries invested and took on the, the investments? Yeah. So to say that suddenly Dominica has to be different, I certainly don't agree. I don't want to rely on, on, on what happens in Antigua to determine who comes into Dominica. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I want people to be able to access the country directly. So I see as part of the plan for the tourism sector going forward and international airport has to be part of the equation so if you you build up your agriculture sector you then focus on tourism and then the rest of the service industries can then take root you know dominica is an exotic country you can build a, a unique tourism product you can have bed and breakfasts for example so people can be encouraged to put an extra room on the homes where they'll be able to accommodate guests. You don't have to go into these big fancy hotels. Increasingly, tourists are looking for this personal experience. They want to go into a country and they want to have breakfast with a local family. You know, that's the kind of experience that you want to sell to the world. That is something that, that you can make money from. And, and that's the kind of, of thinking that we need to put into our tourism sector. And like I say, if we do that, we have only 65,000 people on island. You can take care of your of your country you can take care of your people you know but uh, you know tony it's really sad that the government has failed dominica so spectacularly that uh, in in a way the people of dominica has failed themselves because they've they've, they've failed to see the critical role a government can play in their own lives and in their own livelihoods to the extent where they continue to elect a government that has done nothing for them and it is mind-boggling I, I cannot understand it that that people would uh, invest in something that is clearly not working it has not worked for them and they keep investing in it and you know so i think in a lot of ways the populace has failed itself well, um let's talk but about one of what we have to do is to educate the, the population definitely let's talk about the population a little bit do you think that um do you think that the there has to be moves to increase the population of the country do you think that it, that our population can can generate activity to support the level of growth at four, five, six percent of GDP. Oh, absolutely! I will tell you this, Tony. From the time the country starts to grow, you are going to find there's something happening. The the young people will remain in the country because that's part of the major reasons why we have a reduction in our population. People of child-bearing age are leaving the country in droves. Okay, now if these people are remain in the country automatically, you're going to have an increase in the population. Okay, what has, what has happened is that our rate of natural increase, so for example, whereas in Dominica, on average, we have four or five hundred births on average a year, you have a thousand people living. So you will always have a reduction in the population because your rate of natural increase cannot keep pace with the exodus. But if you have the same numbers of people, 500, 600 people being born every year, and people are remaining in the country, in five years, you're going to move from 70,000 people to 80,000 people in five years. 
it is possible. So you'll be able to build up the population just like that. You know, it has happened. I mean, Antigua, the population of Antigua has grown from 60,000 to 80,000 in about 10, 15 years. You know, so this is something that I believe will come as a result of steady economic growth. But as long as you don't have economic growth in the country, you'll continue to have this migration of people of childbearing age, and you're going to have a, a, this contracting impact on the population. And also, the other thing to note is that we don't have a strong enough economy to attract the kind of people into the country that would really make a big difference. So what we've had in the past is basically Chinese and Haitian migrants. Chinese migrants are particularly interested in the retail trade. So you have a lot of retailers, small shops and so on. And the Haitian migrants who basically do farming and who do barbershops. That's what you have. Now, if you have a, a growing economy where you're creating good paying jobs for accountants, professional jobs, you're going to attract people from the neighboring countries. You're going to attract young families to come and reside and live in Dominica. And that's what you want. That's where you want to be. You know, you want to be an Antigua in that sense, where you're attracting people who are young, who are educated, who are bright, who are going to come and contribute to your country. And that is what we need to encourage. That is what we need to be pushing in Dominica. Sadly, I'm not seeing any of that happening at this point, and it is another cause for concern. You know, unless you can reverse the situation in Dominica, unless you can get to that point, you're going to have issues. Oh, definitely. So, the last week, last week you, when I asked what is the, the, the budget, the budget in, for Dominica is, is, is about 200 million EC dollars, is it? Uh, no, it's about 430 million. million EC. EC, yeah. Which is like 160, 170 US. Um, yeah, so in that, no, 150, yeah. And, yeah. and I remember you saying that we need to, inside the economy, need to be at least twice that to. Yes, yes, yes. To, to put the kind of investments in agriculture, the kind of structural investments. And it's a very, it's a very particular thing in Dominica, right? Every year, the government has at its disposal about $170 million for infrastructure projects, uh, what they call capital projects. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that capital project construction has been around projects that are not necessarily adding value to the economy. So you have nice roads, but these are roads to nowhere in the sense that the, the roads are there, yes, but they have not been used to truck your produce to the ports. They have not been used um, to transport workers from living in Marigot to work in Casibros. You see, so we are not using the roads necessarily for productive uses. So a lot of our, of our um, spending in capital projects have gone to that kind of thing. One, one of, the, of the things that we have proposed coming into government was that we would immediately use a part of that public expenditure on for investment, use that to invest in some in some factories, invest in the feeder roads, invest in opening up new lands for agriculture, invest in getting the inputs to the farmers. And that is what you need to do. So I would I would I would halt all of the product all of the um, the road building things for now and just focus for one year a mm -hmm. substantial part of that money. I mean yep. you know 
on those type of investments. You can get a, a good factory to produce your your juices and to dry your to dry your coconuts or to produce virgin coconut oil. You can you can get a good factory for twenty million EC dollars. You know, so these are the kinds these are the kind of things that that I think you know in a sense Dominica is not. I mean, Dominica has way more resources than than a lot of countries that I have seen. Just, just, just a fantastic array. I mean, there's a lot more resources that Dominica has, and um, and it's something where where we can we can actually do more, and we need to do more. You know. Well, certainly, I I, I wonder if anybody is doing that calculation where you say, okay, if we invest. Hundred million dollars. What is our rate of return? You know, what is the impact of the economy? So therefore, so so I worked. I worked for a multinational company before, as a head of department. And every year, when you, when we did our budget, um, a certain percentage of our budget, mandatory, had to be capital projects. And not only that, a certain percentage of our capital projects had to be margin improvement, in other words, business expansion projects. And so and so built into into the calculus of how how you spend money in your department, it was naturally built in that the company was going to grow and expand. And and somehow you get the feeling that um at a governmental level we you need to do that same thing. So if we have two hundred million dollars to invest in capital projects what percentage of that has to go into income generating, direct income generating activity? Not some vague thing to say, okay, if we do the road, um, so many people on the road, so you increase. No, it has to be direct. It has to show that when we invest that $100 million, $100 million is going to generate a 12% return, and, and, and over X number of years, it's going to multiply and, and grow the economy. And so... Uh, and as I as as you interact with persons from the from the Caribbean from the other islands, you get the feeling that that kind of thinking doesn't always go into um, into 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 that calculation. I'll give you another example before I, I let you respond. When we when we happened upon whether accidentally or otherwise the ferry service between Dominica, Martinique, and Guadeloupe. I remember it used to take place at the port, Dominica Port Authority. And then it wasn't safe because you had heavy vehicles moving around, you had a lot of dust. And so they decided to build a, a port ferry, a ferry terminal at, at the bayfront. And they built a ferry terminal just with a dock and a place where you could just go for customs. I remember persons coming in from Guadeloupe. And you had to stand outside the facility, outside the fence, until the boat arrived and then you filed directly into the boat. Totally a lost opportunity to, to to capture that that market right there to, to sell coffee to sell t-shirts to sell souvenirs to it it, it took a hurricane to, to damage a property and then when they rebuilt it they built a little bit of concession but not enough and so I feel that 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 type of because people have the attitude that because it's a government project and it's not a private sector project they, there's not a need to to demand a certain rate of return, a fixed rate of return from investment. Is that what you see as you, as you look? No, absolutely. And you're so correct, Tori. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, you had um, about $60 million, I'm told, was spent on upgrading, quote-unquote, the Melvin Airport. 
And the same thing you you speak about. Where are the shops? Where are the concessions? Yeah. You know, where where the people live in the country want they have the, they have ECD, they want to travel with the ECD, they want to buy something to keep it in the country. Where is that? You don't have that. So I think we've suffered uh, you know, um to a very large extent from a lack of, of foresight, a lack of planning. Taking those things you would you would think is is basic, right? <laughs> we don't see it. We don't see it in operation. And that's what has been one of my of my biggest um worries and about a country like Dominica, things that you would think is just normal, that people should be thinking about, you realize they're not thinking about it. Um, in terms of people's ability to to function, you know, um, for example, I was, I was doing some business with a bank recently, and I was trying to get some loan facility, and the loan officers weren't training for the entire day. And I'm like, how can you have all of your loan officers on training for an entire week? So that means the, all the activity related to loan activity has to cease because they're on training. And, and, Why not build your training around their schedule? And Allow loans, them and loans to three hours. Loans. You know, go ahead. So. Yeah, you know, so, so that things that, that appear basic and simple, we don't, we don't seem to get it. And, I mean, I, I've been in Dominica now for about a year, and the level of frustration just rise continuously because, you know, I, I was there before, yes, left, got used to a completely different way of seeing things and operating, and then I'm going back into that system, and it's it, it takes getting used to. It takes a great deal of getting used to, you know, just the whole lackadaisical approach, you know, um, you still wait, uh, you go to the bank, you still have to wait for an hour, an hour and a half in your day to, to transact business. You know, basic things that now you should already have been well past this, you still have to deal with. So we have we have some, some structural issues that we need to contend with. Um, but these are things I believe that will will be able to fix themselves as you get more enterprise, as you get more businesses into the country, as you get more economic activity. The fact of the matter is the economy is is just too dead as it is now. And uh, when things are not moving, then everything slows down. People slow down. The incentives are, are not there because you're not, you're not going to get promoted. Chances of getting an increase are either zero to nil. So you know, you're not going to exert yourself. So everything kind of falls apart in that kind of environment. And, and, and we have to find a way to... Um, kind of jigger things a bit you know make things shake things up i think we need to be at that point okay so as we as we draw to a close we have about a, a, a minute left um just closing remarks um from from an economist's point of view and of course um as you look at at the economy where where do we need to go to get to where we should be you know, some people joke that economists are always two-handed. They always talk about on the one hand and on the other hand. Um, and that's because we tend to have a sense of optimism. So whilst I have on the one hand, I have detailed how dire and how bad things are. On the other hand, I think I have tried to show how things can be different. But it will take a different mindset. It will take a greater commitment from our people. It will take... And the realization that we can do better and that we need to start with what we have. Importantly, before we can seek help from outside, before we can go outside of ourselves, we need to help because people tend to help those who help themselves. 
If people see that you're trying with whatever resource you have, they will help you. If they see that you're wasting your own resources, you're not, then they're less inclined to help you. And we've had that situation in Dominica, where our level of grants have fallen from about 120 million 10 years ago to roughly 10 million today. That's a tremendous decline in level of grant funds, of grant financing. So that puts a tremendous pressure on government revenue, tremendous pressure on government finances. And it's simply because there's not been a satisfaction with the way we've handled our own resources. So there's a lot to be done, um, a lot of work that needs to be done. I hope the Dominican public will, will stand with us uh, in terms of moving forward with our investment club idea. And we'll stand with us in, in some of the products that we have designed to bring some life, some economic activity to the country. So if we have to live with a number, we would say that we would like to see a Dominican economy that, that is valued around 10, uh, around, uh, right now we say we're at 400 million? Yes, our budget, that's government spending. And, and, and we would yeah. like to see more at around a billion dollars? At a billion dollars, for starters, yeah. In fact, that, that would be, if we were to, when we when we were on the campaign trail last year, we said if we were to get in, into government, we could see that within two to three years. That was that was the goal that I would have set as the incoming Minister of Finance, a goal of a billion-dollar budget in two to three years, and I believe that it, it can be done, you know. Um, With agriculture and, and, the, and associated industries being the major contributor to that. Contributors, yes, and people working, you know. We have to increase our labor force from where we are currently. Right. This is just unacceptable. Okay, so let me say thank you. I think this is a good place to leave it. We, we would like to see the economy of Dominica grow to a billion dollars annual um, in terms of production. So, um, Dr. Fontaine, I, I, I thank you. Um, I know I asked you to wear your economy, the economist hat, and I, and I think you, you did. Um, of course, you're also a member of, of the opposition, and, and, and so that came into the discussion. I'm sure our listeners understand that. But by and large, I think the picture that we painted is a, is a picture that says this is where we need to be and this is where we are. And therefore, that's the gap that we need to address. So I need to thank you for, for spending the time. And as I said, um, let us know early and, and we can clear the schedule next week so we can talk a little bit more about um, Nature Isle Investments um, and, and to give our listeners the, the information that they would need um, if they wanted to, to, to become part of that investment opportunity. So thank you. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, so there we had it, another exciting hour and a half of discussion. Uh, we had, unfortunately, we were not able to, to, to have the discussion we needed with Senator Monel Williams concerning sexual violence. But we, what we will do is we will devote an entire program to that. It's very, very important, very disconcerting, the level of, of, of violence that are targeted at women, and especially at minors. And, and we're very concerned about the, the ways being addressed in the courts. We, we certainly think that the, the sentencing that we've seen, they seem to be lenient. I, I don't, I'm not sure if we can get uh, somebody from the judiciary to to come on board and to explain to us the rational, the sentencing rational, maybe uh, someone in that field would be able to explain it and to let us see. Uh, but we will try. 
we'll try to see if we can get someone from the courts to, to be on when we do that show. But there we have it, listeners. I want to thank you for staying with us for, for, for the 90 minutes of discussion. This has been This Week in Interview. Uh, it's a production of TDN Radio. Don't forget that we have a, a partner um, facility as well called TDN TV that carries uh, mapping local programming. Every, every day you can watch mapping's um, local news as well as some local programming from Dominica. It's on tdntv.net. So we'll see you next week, Wednesday, at the same time, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, where we have another discussion with another interesting individual on another interesting topic. So there you can go. You can play a part. You can give your comments. Send me comments. Go to our, our, our page, This Week in Interview page. Like us. Share us with your friends. And, of course, always we invite you to suggest uh, persons who can make interesting guests on the show. So see you next week. I wish you uh, a great second half on the downhill side of the week, Thursday, Friday. Uh, and we will see you next week, Wednesday. Thanks once again to our engineer, Sam, always keeping us live. Uh, we know the communication from Dominica was a challenge tonight. We tried our best. We want to say thank you to Senator Williams for, for, for um, trying with us. So good night, listeners. Keep it locked. TDNRadio.net. Go to the page. Go to the Facebook page. Like us. Go to the website. Sign up for the newsletter so you can get information on the topics that we're coming up for discussion. We're keeping our eyes on current events, events in Baltimore should inform us as to what we would like to avoid in Dominica as we look at the economic situation in the country. We know that um, poor economic circumstances are going to lead to increased violence. So when we look at, uh, at those trends, we, we have to, uh, I say, like the old people say, when, you're, when your friend's beard is on fire, you need to sprinkle yours with water so it doesn't catch on fire as well. So well, we look at American TV and we take their style and their fashion. We need to take lessons from them as well. So good night. And, and this has been this week in interview. I want to say thank you for staying with us. And we will see you next week. Good night, listeners. Mm -hmm.